0: Hey, this is the one-man goldmine, the one-man enterprise of professional wrestling and all entertainment, Flynn Hendricks. And you better believe when I'm looking for a good podcast to listen to, I go to my own. I go to the I Know You Hear Me podcast hosted by me, Flynn Hendricks. That is such a fresh perspective for how you should look at life. too. Like I just, I love that. And then when I'm feeling spooky, I go to my other podcast, Tales from the Haunt, where myself, yeah. I want my head shoved inside a 15-pound silicone mask. More. (laughs) You know, I want to have a bucket of sweat coming off me at the end of the night than just Jeff.
1: Dogs don't lay eggs,
0: (laughs) (laughs) I hate you so much. (laughs) Talk to other scare actors about what it takes to get into the world of scare acting. So if you're curious about how people became professional wrestlers, actors, prioritized their mental health, became entrepreneurs, avoided burnout, or got into scare acting, you need to go check out I Know You Hear Me and Tales from the Haunt, available on all podcasting platforms. And I Know You Hear Me.
1: everybody to the pwz podcast i want to welcome Brittany brown to the show how are you today
2: i'm doing great thanks rick how you doing
1: i'm fantastic thank you for uh joining me today i've been looking forward to this one
2: me too i'm just sorry the camera's not working i don't know why
1: (laughs) i know we're having a little technical difficulties today but uh it wouldn't be this show if we weren't having some sort of technical difficulty to be (laughs) honest with you
2: and it wouldn't be my life
1: either. So we're here to talk about your career in the world of professional wrestling, but um, I want to know first, um, how did you even get interested? Were you a fan growing up?
2: So yeah, um, as a really young child, I watched, I'm talking like five years old, I watched with my dad and my sister and we absolutely loved it. And I just loved the heels like Freddie Blassie, Captain Lou, the fabulous Moolah. And the more we watched it, the more upset my mother got because she didn't want to see that violence. <laughs> um, so, of course, my father, being the character that he was, um, we made sure we watched it more and more and more just to piss her off. It's <laughs> funny. So, um, yeah, so, so my, my sister kind of dropped out of that over the years, and my father and I were really, really into it. And um, I finally decided to seek out the fabulous moolah, which I never thought I could because this was, you know, back when we had the yellow pages and stuff. And a girl who at mass doesn't have a phone book for Columbia, South Carolina. Um, So honestly, I don't have any, I don't remember how I found out her real name, but I did and I called 411 and I got her phone number. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So was it you, uh, if she didn't have a voice like she had, I wouldn't have even believed it was her, but I knew it was her.
1: Uh so you choose, uh seeked her out to uh basically start your career or start your interest in your career in professional wrestling. How was that? Like um Ugh. you know I'm sure it was pretty brutal. I've heard many stories. There's a lot of stories about Mula going around, you know. Uh but of course it was a different time.
0: So
2: well that stuff's all bullshit, um, and I'll be the first I've heard. to tell you that. I've done yeah. several interviews when mm-hmm. that was all going on, and that's total bullshit. Um, she was a tough teacher. Uh, she made you work hard, and I was sore as all get out and swore that I would never be back the next weekend, but I did. I flew there every Friday night after work. I was 21 years old, and I stayed till Sunday night. And then I went back to work during the week and then flew out of Logan and and Donna Cristinello would pick me up and stayed every weekend. and And that's what I did. And it was tough. It was brutal, but she was nothing but sweet and nice to me, taught me the right way, you know, told me what to watch out for, protected me. Um, told me never to date the boys, which was the best piece of advice she could have ever ever given a girl. Um, (laughs) And um, I've passed that on to others, actually, that that did listen and didn't. And um, they wish they did. But uh, that's how I started. And then when the airfares just, like, overnight tripled, I was like, oh my God, you know, because I lived alone with my right. dog and he wasn't making any income. So, you know, <laughs> he's just sitting home, right? So um I said, oh my God, what am I gonna do? And, you know, this is so weird how this happened. Um, I was sitting at an auto body shop in Hanover, Massachusetts, waiting to get my Mustang rebuilt. And I was just sitting waiting for them to open, and there was a Big huge guy sitting in a blue Porsche. And I could see just how big he was because the car was so little and it looked kind of funny from, you know, like 20 feet away. And I was just like, oh, whatever, you know, because it was other people sitting there in their cars. So as soon as the guy pulled in, who I happened to be friendly with, um, I got out of my Mustang and this big guy got out of his Porsche and he walked over to me. Now I had never seen him before, but he towered over me and I'm six one. And he said, oh, my God, you look like a wrestler. And I was like, how the heck? (laughs) Like, what would make you say that? And he's like, you're so tall. You look, you could be a wrestler. And I'm like, well, I go to the Fabulous Moolahs right now. And he's like, what? Come to find out that was Misty Blue Sims car and Tony Santos Jr. was taking it in to have body work done on it for her. I lost your voice.
1: It's because I muted. That's because I muted my microphone because there was a background noise. So, anyways, <laughs> like I said, it wouldn't be this show without technical difficulties. You brought up uh, Misty Blue Sims, and I got to say that growing up, she was one of like my absolute favorites. Growing up, I absolutely loved her. Watching her uh, work for the NWA, I watched LPWA back in the day. Um, she was just awesome. I used to see her at the at work. The um, Tommy Jeanette's uh, Northeast okay. Championship Wrestling at the fair over here in North Haven, Connecticut. Yep.
2: Yep. Yep.
1: Yeah. Yep. So, so
2: that's how I found my way to Walters from Tony Santos. And I thought, oh, my God, what perfect timing. Because I just I could not afford to pay three times what I was paying um, to go every single week. You know, that would have been
0: right.
2: like, <laughs> way more than my rent for a month. Wow. But, um you know, it all worked out. I went to Walters. Everything was great. Um, When I first got there, um, I will be honest though. When I first got there, uh, the only girls that were there were Misty, Linda, Kat, and a really scary looking uh, girl named Cookie. And you could tell she was really tough. And I was just like, oh, my God, I'm not sure I want (laughs) to get involved with these people. So I waited a bit and I went back um, probably like another month or two. I kept going to Moolah's and finally I just said, you know, I have to make the move. So I'm just going to have to do it. I'm going to have to go and sign up. And plus, Walter didn't have a ring at the time. And it was right outside of the combat zone in Boston. And I'm like. oh my god (laughs) here i am in this souped up rebuilt 17 coats of black lacquer mustang jacked up with mag wheels driving through the combat zone to get to walters and i had like at that point the only place i had ever been outside of my quaint little town of situate mass was columbia south carolina so i'm like looking at people laying on the road and you know drunks on the on the sidewalk and i was just like what am i getting myself into and then i had to walk three stories up and half of the the third floor was a soup kitchen and the other half was walter's school with no rings so you had to be on gymnastic blue mats and you had to bounce off concrete walls and pretend they were ropes. Wow. So that's how I learned between Moolah's, with, with Donna's help and Moolah's help also, um, and from Walter and uh, Cookie and I ended up becoming the best of friends. And that was, I think, nineteen. 19- 86 and we're still friends today wow that that's scary, amazing scary girl <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's pretty amazing though i mean an amazing story about how that uh how that happened how you ended up at walters or yeah, mr kowalski
2: so weird and i had never even heard of tony santos at that time I knew nothing. Like I said, I was just a little girl from this little town and it was such a big deal that I was going to Logan airport, <laughs> it was like, you know? And, um, yeah. So like, I didn't know Tony Santos was, and it was just so weird. Like talk about timing, right?
1: I find it crazy that you traveled or that you flew every weekend to South Carolina, that in itself. I mean, that takes, uh, I mean, that takes dedication and, and like you said, a lot of money. Yeah,
2: absolutely. And the reason why is because I, when I got into wrestling, I got into it not to be a full-time job. I wanted it to be a weekend thing. And that's what I was looking for. So I wasn't about to take a leave of absence from my job or quit my job. I wasn't going to do that. And I thank God every day that I didn't.
1: What were you doing for work at the time? that you uh,
2: were I'm still doing. I am well, an insurance person, third generation. Okay.
1: Okay. What are yeah. your earliest memories about being in the ring and who uh was it against?
2: Oh boy. Uh so my first match ever, believe it or not, my name was Sheena the Jungle Queen, and Sorry. I fought Jamie West in Malden Mass in a 4 minute match that the poor thing had to carry me like you wouldn't believe because I was way too green. I was nowhere near ready, but somebody no-showed and I got called at the last minute. So I had to wear the tiger print outfit with the black and white paint in my my face and my hair. And oh yeah, scene of the jungle queen. And oddly enough, uh, two photos of that match actually made a magazine. Really? How weird is that?
1: That's uh, pretty impressive. Something that rare, I guess, uh, existed. like photos and uh, a magazine of like, what is that was that a one-off like match for you? Like as for under that name?
2: Uh, oh yeah, I think I did that maybe like three times.
1: Okay. The only okay.
2: time I ever had to do Sheena the Jungle Queen was when I had to do a job for Richard Burns's USWF and Walter wouldn't let me do a job under my name of Brittany Brown because I was his champion. So in order to do a job for Jamie, I had to be Sheena the Jungle Queen.
1: Was that USWF, um, a 90s promotion? Did they run in the
2: 90s? 80s, 90s, yep. Because
1: if I remember correctly, that they ran Southern Connecticut University, and I was at one of their shows. Uh, And I'm going back probably... 97, 1997,
2: 1997, maybe? Uh, maybe? That could be. I wasn't on that one. No. Uh, no, but I, I mean, I wrestled until just 10 years ago. I just stopped 10 okay. years ago. So, um, but I, I wrestled Jamie almost all the time. <laughs>
1: okay. <laughs> I'm going to ask you about uh, some of the organizations that you worked with. Obviously, I asked you about and Kowalski. Um, You worked for the National Wrestling Federation, the NWF. Was that uh, Bob Raskin's NWF?
2: Um, NWF. The NWF that I worked for was – Okay, different. uh, Yeah, that was a different one. Okay. That that was um, a very little-known one that worked out of Rhode Island in Connecticut. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, okay. and, and there was there were so many. There, there was EPW, Empire Pro Wrestling, That um, the Boston bad boy, Rocky Raymond. He was the promoter. I'm sure you've heard of him.
1: Yes, I have. I actually work for a company. Well, I work with a company. I should say I can't say I work for because I actually have a day job. Um, work for a company uh, actually that goes under the same name, Empire Pro Wrestling. So oh really? Currently, yes. I do play by play for them. Uh they're run by a couple guys that kind of uh I guess imported themselves from Queens, New York into uh, Bridgeport, Connecticut, and I've become pretty good friends with over the uh over the years. They oh, worked under cool. they worked under Mario Mancini for a number of years as well. So
2: oh, awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Cool. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And um I'm just trying to think. I mean, I worked for LPWA. Um, that was fun. Actually, I, I actually <laughs> oddly i was in a tag match on television against misty and heidi when they were the champions
1: yep i have that here in my notes uh you wrestled um for the tag titles i believe that was a title match yep. um that was on every saturday night at like midnight on the madison square garden network or that's where i got it at least and i would stay up late hosted by jim Cornette and joe patasino
2: yeah yeah absolutely yep. and, and yep. um uh, Sergeant Slaughter would do play by play every now and then. Yeah,
1: yep. Ken Resnick was there. I mean, I loved that show back in the day. Oh, yeah.
2: yeah, he's such a great guy. Um, that's where I first met him, actually, and, and we're still friends today. He's a great guy.
1: Yeah, really good guy. I talk to him on Facebook every now and then, mostly about wrestling.
2: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you <know.
1: laughs> So you hooked up with the Savoldis through, um, uh, was he Rocky Raymond, right? The Boston Bad Boy.
2: Oh, no, no. That was nope. actually through Cookie. Um, okay. Cookie was booked for a match. And now I had broken my neck at Walter okay. when Cookie went to Japan. Um, she was the one that I was working with there. And she was one, I mean, absolutely one of the best lady workers I ever worked with. And mm-hmm. she was straight right out of Walter's. And she was in Japan. And Walter put me with this new girl. And I didn't want to work with her and Walter yelled at me and screamed at me and we had this like big screaming match but of course who do you think's going to win me or Walter so Walter <laughs> wins and I run to do the sunset flip and the girl pile drives me into the ground and I break my neck oh man so I was out for 3 years remained friends with Cookie she was booked on an ICW show my father and I my father went with every with me to every single match no matter where it was what country what city what state he never missed a match in 28 years and it's
1: amazing right there I'm sorry to cut you off but that is amazing
2: isn't that unbelievable that's awesome yeah (laughs) yeah and and my mother only went to two and she cried both times (laughs) she went to my first and she went to my first title win and that was it she's like oh I can't believe it you're such a nice girl and they're booing you (laughs) I was like, mom, <laughs> but anyways, um, so yeah, so I went with Cookie and gee, guess what? The girl doesn't show up. And she's like, you have to do this with me. It's TV, you have to do this. And I'm like, Cookie, I haven't been in the ring for three years. Well, guess who did it? <laughs> and it had to be the worst match of my life. And the worst part of it, I got I gotta tell you, if I was Cookie, I would have refused. They put me over and for her to be okay with that i don't know but she was she was the an absolute pro and i really believe if it was anyone else they probably would have hurt me because i I, like i said i hadn't been in the ring for three years
1: that's pretty cool um do you have any other memories about working with the Savoldis? um I was a huge ICW fan growing up as well. Like I watched it. I still go back and watch a ton of their videos on YouTube all the time. Mario Savoldi has come on on the show actually uh, in April, so I'm looking forward to that. I'm finally getting that interview that I've been trying to get for two years. <laughs> so, oh um, so. no,
2: I, I actually did not work with them ever again. After.
1: Oh really? Okay.
2: Yeah, I didn't. Neither did Cookie. Actually, no. Um, there, there was a few things that happened there. Um, <laughs> we, we'll leave that part off if you're going to be interviewing okay. him.
1: <laughs> I mean, more than likely he won't listen to this. <laughs> if you want to talk about it, I mean, it's up to you. But uh, that's pretty, it's probably uh, something odd, I'm guessing. Something not too good.
2: <laughs> yeah, not, not, not too good. Between that and the fact that... Phil Apollo, who was also one of Walter's guys, um, but he was paying people, just walked right in our dressing room while we were getting changed. And I said, excuse me, we're getting dressed. And he said, oh, that doesn't matter to me. And I said, well, it matters to us. <laughs>
0: <laughs> wow.
2: And so, like, you know, it, it was that. And, you know, um, the fact that I, I did get booked by Mario. He did call me at my house. And I did get booked for six more shows, under certain circumstances that I was not willing to um, to partake in. So I lost those bookings.
1: Okay, that's honorable. That's understandable. You know, if you were not willing to, yeah, absolutely.
2: Yeah, not interested.
1: <laughs> uh, tell me. I know we touched upon the LPWA uh, at the time. So tell me about working there. As like I said, this had national television. Pretty much national syndication was all over the place. And uh, you would work there for a little while. You worked, uh, let's see, you worked um, Magnificent Mimi and you worked uh, Tina Moretti there. So those are two of the biggest stars that were uh, women's wrestling at the time.
2: Yeah, yeah. And I worked um, with my actually very good friend and the person that I flew there with, who was also out of Walters, she wrestled under the name rosebud for for walter but she was shelly francis okay. in the LTWA. she was my best friend and um i worked against her twice and then i worked in a tag with god i can't even remember who um i saw
1: with- a couple different partners but for the misty blue and heidi lee show uh it was a jan flame i have here
2: jan flame yep yep and then the other one, the other tag that I did against Ivory and and I forget who, um, that was with the goddess who was Candy Divine,
1: right? Oh yeah, Candy Divine. Yeah. What are you what, memories about working? We lost her. What was it? Last year or the year before? Candy Divine, okay. who was you know, who was an amazing performer. So
2: I have known her all the way back to probably
1: 1991.
2: Oh, wow. I met her, or, or actually, no, it was. Shit, no, because LPWA was 1990, and I knew her for probably three years before that. So, 87, I met her. Okay. And, um, yeah, we, we actually worked together, I think, once for NWA, several times for WWWA, Dino Santa. And we worked a couple times for LPWA, and then we worked several times for Moolah's LIWA out in Vegas. Okay. Um, Yeah, I was on the board of that eventually. I was on the board of the LIWA, and we used to fly out there every year. A bunch of us would fly out there every year and, and take part in her show that she did, her and Mae Young.
1: Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so you ended up starting your own promotion, I see. Uh, was it World Wrestling Alliance in 1999 that you were involved uh, yeah.
2: in? Yeah, yeah. I, I did, and we had all of the, um, w, at the time, WWF guys that were just coming in. We used, like, the Hardy Brothers, Kurt Angle, Val Gold wow. Goldust. We had all of them. And what was really cool is that no other indie federation was getting them at the time. So people were, like, pissed off that we were, and they were <laughs>
1: This is some of the guys in their peak. So, I mean, you know, you must have been having pretty good, pretty good houses, I'm guessing, right? For these oh my God.
2: Every one of them. Absolutely. Yeah. Almost every one of them was sold out. Every That's one pretty of them amazing. Standing room only, more than we ever expected. In fact, we had um, Goldust versus Val Venus like the night before they were doing a WrestleMania. Okay. Yeah, and it was like so awesome, and I'm, I'm trying to think, we had Test, we had Edge, everybody, and then later on, we had people like Chris Candido, and Sonny, and Balls Mahoney, and Sabu, and Perry Saturn, who came from the same school as me.
1: Um, yes, he's a Walter guy, yeah, you're right, that's right. Oh, yeah.
2: Yep, yeah, yep. was, I was there, I was there before him, but he came while I was still there, him, and John Cronus, and china and triple h all started kind of around the same time when i was still there and and matt bloom also
1: did you encounter hunter in china uh while you were while you were there or no? oh yeah. Yep. yeah that was
2: the first day that that uh paul started and for several years i was walter's female champion and he was the male champion so we were booked on every single one of walter's shows that he had because um, when you have the belt obviously you get to work every show right so um you know we were the two of us were on every single one of his shows and and Perry was the um the light heavyweight champion so the three of us actually were on every single show together
1: what uh, what was he like back in the day or um hunter back like that in the day. Ugh, well, excuse great. me back in the day
2: he was great he was a nice <laughs> yeah. guy he was very shy really. Um, yeah, he was very shy. Um, I remember when he first started, he was he was just over the line from uh, New Hampshire. He came in from New Hampshire, and uh, Tony Roy and Walter trained him. Tony Roy was one of Walter's guys, and he, he did a lot of work with Paul. And, um, you know, I don't think he gets enough credit for, for doing that, but he really did. He, he spent a lot of time and, and helped him and uh you know brought him along and you know Paul was a great guy he wasn't cocky or rude or mean or didn't think he knew more than anybody else so he was a great guy and always polite to me still is now um you know I saw him at Walter's funeral which was quite quite a ways ago and I also saw him at the dunk and in, in providence when they had a show I saw him there too and he brought me backstage and said hi and shook my hand and gave me a hug. And, you know, like to me, he'll always just be Paul.
1: (laughs) Uh, It's funny to see him grow from where he started to what he is today. I mean, who would have, who would have thought about that? You know what I mean? (laughs) Like I remember him very early on, Uh, you know, probably, I remember him early on in WCW, maybe a little bit before that, but it's, it's kind of funny him being a new England guy and then becoming what he is today.
2: Oh, yeah. It's amazing. And, you know, a lot of people, a real lot of people, as you know, um, say that, you know, he doesn't deserve it. He didn't deserve everything he got. And it's all because he married the boss's daughter. absolutely ridiculous because he got everything he got in wrestling well before he even started dating Stephanie. Right. So, I mean, he he was a hell of a worker and he's a nice guy, you
1: know. (laughs) That's the other thing is, like, there was a lot of people uh, back in the day that, you know, did not particularly care for him. Uh, And I'm just like, this guy is really good. You know what I mean? Maybe they were sick of him because they kept saying that uh, they, they would go on rants saying, like, for how long that he was just burying everybody. I'm just like, this guy is just that good, you know? And like you said, if there's anybody that deserved what he got, he worked for it. That's exactly what he did. He worked hard and he got it.
2: Yeah, I I think so. I mean, he he was willing to quit his job and leave New Hampshire and move to where WCW was located and and start a whole new life. And that's what he did. That's what he wanted when he started. And he he seeped that out and he got it. You know, he yeah. had the build, he had the look, um, he he had the gimmick down perfectly too. Yeah, yeah. You know, he did that great. Not everybody can pull that off
1: got to be convincing <laughs> the the gimmick there's a lot of guys i see when i watch wrestling a lot of people i should say men or women that their gimmick is just not necessarily convincing and then makes me turn it off
2: oh i totally agree with you yeah S- some of the things i look at i just go oh my god like that's so bad you know
1: and Do you still watch i'm sorry
2: mjf at the yeah beginning i was like ew and now i think he's awesome what a great job
1: i knew that that guy was going to be a star like literally i uh i mean i wouldn't say you know really early on obviously but it's like when he started to get traction before like when aew was just starting to be a thing or right before it and i was just like man this guy's really good he's really good on the mic he's really good at what he does and has been four years since he's been with that company. I don't know yeah. how long that, uh, how long they've been around. But that guy literally is probably one of the best today going. Whether it be on the mic, in the ring, he could. He's willing to do business. It seems.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Although I must say, if if I did have to do wrestling full time, I would love to have his schedule.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I right, but that's part of his character. I think the the schedule really is. Uh, yeah. Yep. You know. Yeah. Uh do you still watch? Obviously you still watch today because of what we just talked about. But um what else are you interested in today outside of MJF? So do you still watch WWE or do you keep up on any indies around the area?
2: Um yeah, I keep up with some of the indies in the area. Um I live right on the Mass Rhode Island line. So I've okay. you know i attention to Connecticut, New Jersey, Mass, Rhode Island, New Hampshire. You know, I, I always look and check out. You know, everything that's going on. And um, every year we go to the International Wrestling Federation uh, Hall of Fame dinners. We've uh, This year will be our 10th year doing that. Okay. Um, you know, honoring Walter and all of us that either trained with or worked for or both Walter. And we all show up. Um, last year was our biggest. Um, I think we had 42 people.
1: Okay. And well.
2: yeah, big Ron Shaw flew in from Florida.
1: I got him coming next month or next month as well. <laughs> awesome. So, awesome. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So that's where Joel actually met, um, Ron. Okay. Uh, yeah. And I had never met him either. Um, I, I, it was great to meet him. What a great guy he is and what great stories. Oh my God.
1: Yeah. I'm really looking forward to talk to him, uh, coming up next month, because he just seems like a really good guy. And, you know, he had a really great career. I didn't really know much about him until I started digging into his career, doing research for that uh, upcoming episode. And it's just like, wow, he has a really interesting career. I can't wait to talk to him.
2: Yeah, he really does. And I'll tell you, you you want to set aside a lot of time for him because, you know, he's done a lot more than anybody knows in this business. And Oh man, I'll tell you, he has got some good stories, and he's a great storyteller too. Yeah, yeah. great.
1: That's awesome. I'm look, I'm looking forward to that. So, um, I know you mentioned some things. You you do travel like to Connecticut? I mean, do you what indies do? You, are you interested in uh, in this area?
2: Well, you know, to be honest with you, I'm, I I really keep up with, and I went last year to Tommy Sierro's. Um, ISPW Tommy and I yeah. go way back we've known each other for decades and I went there I got the Lifetime Achievement Award at his after his Fan Fest last May so I did drive to New Jersey for that I had, hadn't been out that way for a while um, so that was cool going out there and you know seeing the show and seeing Tommy and Mike Moraldo, Tom Brandy everybody you know I hadn't seen in so long um and, you know, Crowbar, he was there. And-
1: Great guy. Great guy. Oh,
2: awesome. Yeah. awesome. And still working his ass off, doing awesome, just like back in the day.
1: He's, uh, I mean, you wouldn't think that he was, I don't know, what is he, 50? I mean, you wouldn't think it, uh, the way he's working the matches these days, oh you know God. what I mean? Yeah.
2: I know, and and, and same with Mike Moraldo. You remember when they used to be tag team partners? Yeah. Um, Mike Moraldo and, and Devin Storm, and like, Oh, my God. Yeah, When I saw him, too, I'm like, oh, why aren't you still wrestling? Look at you.
1: He, he, I've seen him recently. He looks great. Um, Yeah, man, they used to come to Connecticut all the time to work. And I used to go, I used to drive to Tommy's shows in New Jersey once in a while, probably every few months or whatever. And I got to tell you, some of those Tommy, no matter what he does, he puts 100% in and every one of his shows that I've been to when it was, I think, you know, I'm going back 1995 was the first time I ever went to a Tommy show. So I think it was called something different at the time, but every show he ever did, he put his heart into, and it was an amazing, amazing uh, evening. You know what I mean? I drive two hours from Connecticut to go to the show and just have an awesome time.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, obviously when, when something like that happens every time it makes you want to go back and go back. Absolutely. Yeah. Bring your friends and, You know, I've always said, I've never said this out loud before, but in my head for years, I have said, I would love to know what is going on with Tommy Fierro in that everything he touches turns to gold.
1: You're 100% correct. I still uh, am in touch with him every now and again. I buy stuff from him, some of his auctions that he has and communicate every time. He's just a wonderful dude. He really is
2: so awesome. He's such a great guy. And I can't believe how success. I mean, well, I certainly can believe how successful he is because he does. He works his ass off and puts his heart and soul into this. But it's like, it's just amazing. Like when I walked into that men in sports arena there last May, I just like looked around and I was like, oh my God, I feel like I'm home. Like <laughs> I'm back home again, you know? And-, and,
1: and, and to think he was out of the business for a number of years and then all of a sudden during the pandemic when he uh according to his facebook you know when he lost his job he just poured his heart back into professional wrestling and he's 100 yeah. successful you know just as and it's just awesome to watch you know i've seen videos of the current ispw shows those rooms are packed
2: absolutely absolutely standing room only every time i see it and i'm just like what is it with this guy <laughs> i gotta go i I have to drive there when Powerball gets big again, and rub his head, and drive back home, and buy a ticket.
1: <laughs> that's awesome. That's that's so funny because, yeah, man, it's awesome. I mean, I don't travel too far for shows anymore. My whole goal is, I don't try, or my whole thing is now, I don't drive over ninety minutes anymore because yeah. it's just I'm too old to be driving home that late at night. But yeah. there are special occasions. I mean. Me and my wife might go up there. Maybe we'll get your room. She hates wrestling. That's the funny <laughs> part of it. I've dragged her to shows before. She's about to go to New Jersey with me uh, at the end of the month uh, for uh, for a show, and uh, only because I'm having there's a meetup with a bunch of NWA fans, and they're all bringing their wives. So I said, oh, "You have you have no choice but to come." <laughs> <laughs> she looked at me like I was crazy.
2: <laughs> oh, well, that's nice that you'd go.
1: That's awesome. Yeah. Well, you know, I love, I've loved professional wrestling since I was about eight years old, you know, yeah. and I still do. I'm approaching 50 rapidly. Um, And it's just, it's one of those things. There's just something very special about it. It brings people together. There's so much enjoyment in watching professional wrestling.
2: Yeah. I mean, I totally agree with you. And, and I felt like, 11 or 10 years ago, when I left the business, I kind of felt I really was lost, really was lost. You know, like I'm so used to working every weekend, sometimes multiple times a, a week, you know. And then, of course, running my own shows. I didn't have that to do anymore. I didn't have, you know, wrestling to do anymore. And I was just like, oh, my God, I feel like a part of me died Seriously, I was like mourning a, a part of my life that was completely gone. And, you know, a friend, a friend of mine who also used to manage me and and, and be in mixed tags with me as well. His name was Vic Vicious. Um, he suggested he was living in Middleborough, Mass. At the time, he now lives right outside of Disney in Florida. But um, he suggested doing an IWF reunion. And I said to him, I don't know about that, you know. So we did it, you know, the first time we probably had like 22 people. And then right. like I told you last year, we had 42. We have people flying in from Florida now. Um, Billy Silverman flies in from Florida. Um, Ron Shaw came in last year. He's coming back again this year. Vic flies in from Florida. Um, you know, we have Tony Ulysses comes. Uh, the oh, wow. Ulysses
1: that's yep. a name I have not heard in a very long time Tony Ulysses
2: yeah yeah and then wow. we have big John Callahan he comes um he's he's got quite the stories too he he knows everything and everyone going back 45 years I swear wow. he he um, would be somebody interesting for your show um and he is still involved with a promotion called SPw that is running. Okay. Another Walter student, um, Chris Blackhart, he runs that promotion out of Woonsocket, Rhode Island, and right. they run in Rhode Island and Mass. And uh, John Callahan, I think he's the like general manager or something, and he does the ring announcing. Right, but right. He, he's very involved, and he's at the school a lot. And um, you know, he's there. Referee Paul Richards is there. Um, You probably remember him from WWF And Um, ECW Smooth Operator uh, You know Cookie Comes every now and then And uh, Dangerous Dave Starr The Pink Assassin You must remember him from ICW
1: I was going to say is that the same one from ICW Yes I do remember (laughs) The Pink Assassin from ICW Yes, I always thought that was a weird weird gimmick You know (laughs)
2: <laughs> yeah, boy, but he did that well, I'll tell you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we have we have tons of guys and very few girls. Um Big Richard used to be the uh champion before I think he lost it to Triple H actually. For Triple
1: okay.
2: uh, yeah. Uh, Big Richard. Uh just so many of them come and, and what a great time it is. And I'm I'm so thankful to Vic for thinking of it because at first I was kind of like, eh. I don't know about that. And he's like, oh, come on, I can't do it without you. So we've been running it together, and this year is going to be the 10th year. We had to skip one for COVID, but, um, you know, this will be our 10th time over the course of 11 years doing it.
1: It's always interesting that COVID was a very interesting thing. I mean, Mm -hmm. there was always, uh, you know, everything was shut down, but the whole thing was, the only thing that was, I mean, sports, music, and, Professional wrestling never really went away. If you were a fan of professional wrestling, you know WWE and AEW and several others would do empty arena television. Yeah, it was kind of happy for the for the wrestling fan, or, or I should say, it was kind of good for the wrestling fan. It's, uh, I mean, you if you like one or the other, if you or if you like both companies, I watch everything that's on television. So, uh. yeah
2: all i watch is uh, um aew um yeah. i, I kind of gave up watching <laughs> wwe quite a while ago i'll, I'll um, tell you
1: my story with that in just one okay. second no, go me. ahead well i um the funny part about wwe is it's um it's a three-hour show now mm. uh, or raw is at least um so it's i usually wait about a half hour or an hour before i actually tune in and i start it from the beginning on my dvr and I fast forward through every moment that I think <laughs> is just going to be garbage, and then I stop at the things that I I may like. And if you know, if I start to like it, okay, it's great. I continue to watch. It. I usually end up making the television program a twenty-minute show or a half an hour <laughs> out of three hours. So I, <laughs> so, um, that's where I am with the WWE right now. <laughs> so uh, yeah. their pay-per-views have been really pretty decent over overall but the television not so much
2: yeah yeah i you know i obviously i'm more interested in the ladies matches um and they were just back when i stopped watching probably 10 years ago they Mm -hmm. were just so 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 bad that i literally was embarrassed to say that i was a lady wrestler
1: well i understand (laughs) It's changed quite a bit in WWE. I mean, they've done an all women's pay per view at one point, um, uh, which I thought they would bring back, but they didn't for like the last two years. But about three, I think it was three years ago, they did one. Wow. Uh, They have an amazing women's roster. There's not like one show you can't tune in where there's at least two to three women's matches. I think the time you're probably referring to are probably the the Diva era is what. uh, Ugh. I'm guessing, which I to me was just complete garbage because half the time it's like it's not the, the talent's fault. It's necessarily the writer's fault. It was not uh, just made to be a, a joke in a way. Everything had some sort of a gimmick match and they weren't necessarily actually even putting on a wrestling match. It was just all, you know, a right. gimmick.
2: Right. Yeah. Yeah. I just I, I was like, you know what? I can't. And, and And that was kind of sad for me because, like I said, I've been watching since I was five. Yeah, you know, cool. and it was really sad, but it was like I was taking it personally, believe it or not. I was. Well, I was like, oh, my God.
1: I fully understand why you would take it personally. I mean, uh, at your level and, and you being a woman wrestler, I mean, you wouldn't want to see somebody ruining your craft in a way.
2: Exactly. Exactly. Yeah.
1: yeah. Yep. Um. Go ahead. Do you have something? Nope. Nope. Uh, did you work for, you worked for the NWA, correct? In the yeah. uh, Did you work in the 80s, NWA? I,
2: I did. Um, I believe it was 88, 89. Okay. Yeah. I uh, what are we your all- memories
1: of that? Sorry.
2: Well, <laughs> um, it was a, a, a tour that we went on for, you know, we just went from town to town to town to town every day. And mm-hmm. it was myself, Gene Kirkland, uh, Nasty Sherry, uh, Nasty uh, Linda, Linda Dallas, Nasty Cat, they like that name, huh? Nasty. Um, (laughs) and Misty Blue. And, um, all I can say about that is thank God Gene Kirkland was there. That's all I can say. That bad. oh, Oh, my goodness. Uh, yeah. Um, Gene and I traveled by ourselves and we stayed in a room together, and all the other girls traveled together, and they all stayed in a room. And when we got to our first, I think it was the Spectrum in Philadelphia, the mm-hmm. place was packed. It had to be like 35,000 people there. Um, and I remember, I, I remember seeing Barry Windham, um, Lex Luger, and that's where I actually became friendly with Mick Foley. Um, that was
1: 89, I believe, that he was there. Yeah, 89. His first one was there, was 89, yeah.
2: Yep, and that, that's where I became friendly with him, and, and we've remained friends ever since. We were like the only people out in the hallway using uh the payphones. <laughs>
1: <laughs> He's an amazing guy as well. I've uh, encountered him uh, a couple times, and each time he was probably the nicest human being on Earth.
2: Yep, yep, <laughs> so. yep. I have... You know, remain friends with him. I saw him at many cauliflower alley clubs, whether it be in Vegas or, you know, Studio City, California, like they used to be. I used to go to all of those. Um, And, you know, just a real down to earth, really nice guy, you know.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think the second, I just, he just uh, did a speaking tour, I think about two years ago, or maybe it was prior to the pandemic, excuse me, like months before. And he came here to New Haven, Connecticut. And, you know, we, uh, my friend had bought the VIP seat, uh, VIP, whatever, the VIP package. So we got okay. the meet and greet beforehand. I guess, say hey, we got went backstage, talked to him for a little while. Still, you know, cool as hell. Oh,
2: yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Great. And he was doing a comedy thing for a while, too, I think. Yeah,
1: I, yep, yep. Uh, so what brought you into your retirement? Was there, you just done with it or done with professional wrestling? Or was there a particular reason?
2: So my father died kind of unexpectedly.
1: I'm sorry. Um,
2: and thank you. And um, that was 11 years ago. And I tried to go to, I think I had two different weekends. I flew to um, Tennessee and worked three shows each. And then I worked for Chris Black one time in Massachusetts. And I said, I can't do this. It just, it was not the same, especially the local one. Right. I was just like, yeah, I can't do this anymore. And people were like, You're serious just because your father passed away, you're gonna quit something you've been doing for 28 years. And I'm like, I I tried, I don't know, I had this, like, and I've never had this in my life ever, ever not even a, a taste of it. I had this major anxiety the first time when I flew to Tennessee, it was about probably about four months after he passed away. And I flew and I had three matches over the weekend and flew back home. And it was the worst experience of my life. And it had nothing to do with the wrestling or the people there or the promoter or anything. I was treated very well, paid very well, great girls there, a lot of girls that I've known for years. But I was literally, I had like some sort of weird anxiety attack and I was pacing back and forth and I couldn't figure out what was wrong. And then when I got home, I finally figured out what it was. It was the first time in almost 30 years that my father wasn't there. Wow. And I was traveling alone and I never had traveled alone. Wow. I mean, that might sound weird, but that's the truth.
1: No, it doesn't sound weird. It's you're used to it. And he was basically he was there to support you each and every time that you went. You said he went on every single trip with you, even internationally. So the first trip without him, it had to be weird. I mean, uncomfortable in a way, probably.
2: It was very uncomfortable. It was like, like I didn't know how to get back to the hotel. Like these things that I never had to think of before. Like, oh, so do, do I ask someone for a ride after we're done? Um, it, like there's no dad and no rental car. And like, what, what, what's going on here? <laughs> you know, I was just like a lost puppy. And you'd think after all those years that I, I would be able to do that. And I probably could, I'm sure I could. Um, you know, the, the, the second time got better, but I still had those same feelings when I went back. It was one year later, I went back and did, uh, Tennessee again. And I did three more matches out there. Um, again, great, great girl, Sarah Del Rey. Um,
1: Oh, really she she was great. Yeah. yeah. Oh,
2: amazing. Absolutely top-notch amazing. Um, I was so happy to work with her.
1: Speaking of which, uh she's one of those ladies that I would have expected to reach superstardom stardom in the in the industry, you know, during the whole women's boom, but I guess she just took the she ended up becoming a trainer for WWE or, or at the performance center for a while. Yeah, I that she, you know, I thought she would have been a huge star.
2: Me too. I was absolutely amazed that they hired her to be a trainer rather than a performer. Yeah. And I, I would have liked to have seen both because I think she she is why the WWE women finally took a turn for the better. Mm-hmm. I think that's 100 percent on their decision to make her the trainer. And I believe she was co-trainer with Matt Bloom. Yep. Um. So, yeah. I mean, that's why it took a turn, and and things started getting better there. The work was better. The, the you know the work was solid. It was tight. It was great. Um, I don't know if she's still there. I heard she is. I think she is, and that would explain why they're still doing so well in the women's division, and 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 probably why it it, it made it like it did. Yes. Because I'll be honest with you, did, I never expected to see an all women's pay per view? did you
1: no I never literally I didn't think that WWE I mean growing up in the 1980s you know they'd probably have one match every few all, few months or whatever you know yeah. a woman's match and I never expected ever to be that into or not you know them being that into having a woman that many women or having a women's show or having pushing it as much as they would I mean this is WWE you know, I've never really witnessed that. I mean, WCW didn't really even barely had any women wrestling, but WWE is like really like into it now.
2: Right, right. Yep. And, and, you know, I really think she, between her and Stephanie and Paul, I think they're all very responsible for for making a quote unquote women's division. I really do. I think it's awesome.
1: I think uh, Hunter is really on top of what's going on and in professional wrestling outside of WWE and really knows what the fans want to see. Cause I think okay. that's, um, he, you know, they want it. He's going to bring it to you if, if he can, if it's in his uh, will, if he can.
2: Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, you, you gotta remember he started the same way I started, right? It mm-hmm. we started at the bottom. We, we worked in VFWs. We worked in high schools. We were everything. He knows everything that he witnessed and saw and he learned from Walter. I know he loved Walter. Um, I mean, Christ, his Walter's funeral was held up because Paul was stuck in Boston traffic. Wow. You know, I mean, he was not going to miss that. And he was calling like every 10 minutes, please, please don't start until I get there.
1: (laughs) Wow. I don't mean to laugh, but yeah, I mean, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah.
2: Yeah, it is. It's, it was, it was awesome. You know, we, we were all sitting there fidgeting at this point because it was held up for quite a while, (laughs) but you know, I'm glad that they did. And you know, he was one of the pallbearers and you know, it was a very sad, sad day, but uh, you know, luckily he made it. And I, I think he was very happy for that and that was his trainer and meant the world to him. Just like Walter meant to me. Walter was like a second father to me.
1: Um, before we go, is there any women today that you that you like that you're into that you're a fan of that you think should be uh, on top of the game?
2: Well, you know, you know who I really liked a lot back when she was in WWE was Paige.
1: Okay, have you seen her AEW run yet?
2: I have. <laughs> it's less
1: less than satisfactory.
2: <laughs> yeah, so far. Um, I'm sad because I think, yeah. um, you know, having had a broken neck myself, mm-hmm. I certainly sympathize with anybody that's had a neck injury, especially right. a broken neck. Um, I don't know if that's what she had or not. I know she had a very bad neck injury. I don't know if it was a broken neck or not. I think it might have been. Uh, I know Nikki Bella had that and came yep. back from it and 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 worked some great matches still, but it's it's a very delicate issue and it's very I was scared to death to come back. And I, when I did, I came back for, you know, tw- 21 more years or 25 more years, whatever I did. Um, but I did. And I, luckily I healed. Okay. Um, not saying I don't have arthritis in my neck and haven't had it since I've been in my twenties, but yeah, I can do that too. And y- hear it go. Click, click, <laughs> crack that neck. <laughs> <laughs> But, um, you know, I feel bad for her, and I think yeah. the reason why we're not seeing the same, um, you know, quality of work is because I think they're really holding her back there, and I think they're afraid for her neck, and I feel bad.
1: That makes sense. That makes sense. I mean, there's, um, you know, I think she wouldn't be cleared by WWE doctors, but then, you know, I guess she was cleared at AEW, so she came in and uh, because she wanted to, to compete, but... Like I said there, you never know what could happen you know so right right yeah. and I
2: don't think obviously nobody wants to see anybody get hurt I mean she's a great person great yeah. worker. she she gave her heart and soul to the business from a young young age you know we all know the story of her family and her brothers yep. mother and father and all that I mean boy I'll tell you that's a that's a family that really gave their all and still does
1: yeah um, absolutely
2: but I think she's excellent, and and I just hope that she gets the opportunity to to show her talent that we got to see before. You know, I, I love Absolutely. her. I love the blonde girl there that comes out with her with the little black thing under her eye.
1: Was that Tony Storm?
2: Yeah, yeah, I think she's yeah. great.
1: Yep, she's yeah. She little was little in WWE. They were both in WWE for quite some time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, no, uh, yeah.
2: Tony Storm in in WWE, but I know she was there. Yeah.
1: Well, she was in uh, NXT UK, then came over to. I don't think she was that in the main roster that long. I could be wrong. Uh, It was, I was a, that was a period I wasn't really watching WWE a whole lot. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: But I'm impressed with her and, and I'm impressed with Jamie Hader now. Very
1: good. Yeah. Very good.
2: I'm not loving Ruby. No no
1: <laughs> all right <laughs> if i can give my opinion i liked her a lot in wwe and i liked her when she arrived in aew she really seemed to cool off after a while it's yeah. just not that impressive anymore
2: yeah i don't get it and the, and the constant sticking the tongue out and the, yeah. yeah like every inch of her skin is tattooed and pierced and i don't know to each his own i guess but <laughs> that's I. that's mean, right in reality, I'm just kidding. In reality, uh, as far as her work goes, she, she she's definitely a good worker. But right. I don't know, she just moves like too quick. She's so fast, moving so fast when the other people aren't.
1: Yeah, I, like I said, that's the difference between their work in WWE and AEW. I think that um, sometimes, I don't know, it's just a different uh, different system, I guess you could say. Yeah. And uh, she just came back, didn't she just bust her nose like break her nose like really bad recently, too? So, I mean, you know, that's the 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 I guess the uh, I'm trying to wait, say it uh, the way that uh, things happen, I guess, in the uh, and I shouldn't just say AEW, but they don't seem to uh, I'm, never mind, I'm just trying to I'm trying to word it properly, and it's not coming out right. It just seems like they're. I don't want to say less careful, but they're a little bit more open to doing a lot more uh, yeah. in AEW. Maybe yeah, that makes yeah. more sense.
2: And and needless to say, we're seeing a little more injuries. because Right, of it. <laughs> right, right. Um, yeah, but I mean, you obviously must have seen when she was pouring blood out.
1: Yes, oh, I blood. cringed because I was kind of scared for her. <laughs> I was
2: too. I have never seen blood come out of anybody like that before in my entire career in my right. entire life have I ever seen anyone bleed that bad and to think that it was a female.
1: Yeah, I don't think I've ever seen women bleed before, really. I mean, outside of like actually it's only been AEW EW to my to my recollection like that I could uh my immediate recollection. I think the other one was maybe when Thunder Rosa and Britt Baker were in the uh had that match and there was just all that blood all over the place
2: yeah yeah that was a bad one too but boy, yeah. when I zoomed in on her face and it was just dripping out on the mat i thought to myself if that were me because i know how i am with blood um needless to say i could never be in the medical profession because i pass <laughs> up very easily from blood um i i can't believe that she continued to get up and wrestle yeah I could not believe it. And then even then when she got up and they announced her, you know, as the winner and raised her hand, I said, she's going to drop. She's going to drop. I know it. No, nope, yeah. she did not. And she did not even need any help walking back to the locker room. I couldn't believe it.
1: That's pretty. Yeah, it was kind of scary <laughs> and quite incredible. Are you a fan of Thunder Rosa at all?
2: Um, At the, <laughs> at the beginning, I was a little. Um, I'm trying to think of the proper wording. uh I didn't know whether it was the right thing to do right uh, for a federation um, but I guess it is because it's working. I just wish they had more larger women for her to work with. okay because I, I think she's very impressive, I have to say her, her size and her work is very impressive
1: right. But,
2: like, when it first came out, what the story was, I I didn't know how people were going to take that. Right. You know, like, all I heard and all I saw online, and we're talking way back a few years ago now, but all I saw online was, oh, I don't think it's right that I'm... um, um, I think you're
1: referring to Nyla Rose. I'm sorry.
2: (laughs) Oh, I am. Yeah. I'm sorry.
1: (laughs) No, that's okay. That's okay. I don't... uh... The whole Nyla Rose, never mind, about that. Um, yes. It is what it is with that situation.
2: Yeah, <laughs> so. but Thunder Rosa, oh, she's the one with the face paint. That's right. I haven't seen yeah, her yeah, in a yeah. while. What happened?
1: Um, I guess she got injured. She was a women's champion. She got injured. She went out. Um, You know, I've been following her since, you know. I guess she was in Lucha Underground for a little bit, then was in the NWA, then, you know, came up to AEW. I became a fan of hers when she was in the NWA, and I thought she was absolutely incredible. And yeah, I don't feel did. like, you know, I think that she's great, but I don't feel like AEW is using her to her full full potential, even though they gave her the title.
2: I agree 100%. When, yeah. when she had the title, I did not think she was being used as in her best interest, let's put yeah. it that way. Yep, yep. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm sorry for confusing them, because they look <laughs> absolutely <right>. nothing alike. <laughs> That's
1: right. It took me a second to realize what you were saying there.
2: Yeah, you were right. No wonder you had that confused look <laughs> on your face, like, what is this girl talking about?
1: <laughs> I ask, did you work for Tony Capone? I'm looking for my, uh, my notes here, in the North, NAWA.
2: No, I did not.
1: No? Okay. Maybe it's a different uh, company then. Yeah, All right.
2: The way I worked for was in New Hampshire.
1: New Hampshire, different, absolutely different company. Because he worked, uh, uh, he were uh, ran mostly New York, I believe. So okay, <laughs> yep, same name. There's so many NAWAs out there. It's kind of uh, confusing sometimes when you're looking.
2: I know every one of them almost. <laughs> 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 WWAs, EPWs, WW w- w- S- They're all over the place.
1: WWAs definitely one because I was listening to. Uh, do you know who Robert Smith is? He used to write for PWI. Yes. Yeah. And I was listening to his recent podcast today, and he was talking about the legendary WWE out from the Midwest today. And I was just like, there are so many federations with this name. (laughs) Just like, just get thinking about
2: that. No kidding. And and thank goodness when I ran back then, we trademarked it. Um, And because that organization in the Midwest tried suing us. And thank goodness I thought to trademark it.
0: Wow. (laughs) Well,
1: so is there anything else that you'd like to throw in there tonight?
2: Uh, Just support independent wrestling. And thank you to everyone for being fans of women's wrestling, because it has been a pleasure and quite an experience spending so many decades in it. I've loved every minute of it.
1: I want to thank you uh, for coming on the show. Um, Hopefully we can do it again down the road sometime. Uh, Maybe talk some more wrestling. I had a fun time just talking wrestling outside of your career as well.
2: Absolutely. Thank you so much. And thank you for having me. I really loved, loved our hour together. Thank you.
1: Absolutely.